episode of the Bible Podcast. Before we start our reading today, I just wanted to start off with a a quick prayer. Lord Jesus Christ, by your prayer, by your patience and suffering, you hollowed earthly pain and gave us the example of obedience to your Father's will. Be near us in our time of weakness and pain. Sustain us by your grace that our strength and courage may not fail. Heal us according to your will and help us always to believe that what happens to us here is of, li- is of little account if you hold us in eternal life. My Lord and my God, Amen. So today we're going to be finishing with the book of Genesis. We're going to be reading chapters 48 through 50. We'll start with chapter 48. Jacob blesses Manasseh and Ephraim. One day, not long after this, word came to Joseph. Your father is failing rapidly. So Joseph went to visit his father, and he took with him his two sons, Manasseh and Ephraim. When Joseph arrived, Jacob was told, Your son Joseph has come to see you. So Jacob gathered his strength and sat up in his bed. Jacob said to Joseph, God Almighty appeared to me at Luz in the land of Canaan and blessed me. He said to me, I will make you fruitful and I will multiply your descendants. I will make you a multitude of nations and I will give you and I will give this land of Canaan to your descendants after you as an everlasting possession. Now I am claiming as my own sons these two boys of yours, Ephraim and Manasseh, who were born here in the land of Egypt before I arrived. They will be my sons just as Reuben and Simeon are, but any children born to you in the future will be your own, and they will inherit land within the territories of their brothers Ephraim and Manasseh. Long ago, as I was returning from Paranaram, Rachel died in the land of Canaan. We were still on the way some distance from Ephrath, so with great sorrow I buried her there beside the road to Ephrath. Then Jacob looked over at the two boys. Are these your sons? he asked. Yes, Joseph told him. These are the sons God has given me here in Egypt. And Jacob said, Bring them closer to me so I can bless them. Jacob was half blind because of his age and could hardly see. So Joseph brought the boys close to him. And Jacob kissed and embraced them. Then Jacob said to Joseph, I never thought I would see your face again, but now God has let me see your children too. Joseph moved the boys who were at their grandfather's knees, and he bowed with his face to the ground. Then he positioned the boys in front of Jacob. With his right hand, he directed Ephraim toward Jacob's left hand, and with his left hand, he put Manasseh at Jacob's right hand. But Jacob crossed his arms as he reached out to lay his hands on the boy's head, heads. 
he put his right hand on the head of Ephraim. Though he was the younger boy, and his left hand on the head of Manasseh, though he was the firstborn. Then he blessed Joseph and said, May the God before whom my grandfather Abraham and my father Isaac walked, the God who has been my shepherd all my life to this very day, the angel who has redeemed me from all harm, may he bless these boys. May they preserve my name and the names of Abraham and Isaac, and may their descendants multiply greatly through the earth. But Joseph was upset when he saw that his father placed his right hand on Ephraim's head. So Joseph lifted it to move it from Ephraim's head to Manasseh's head. No, my father, he said, this is one of the firstborn. This one is the firstborn. Put your right hand on his head. But his father refused. I know, my son, I know. He replied, Manasseh will also become a great people, but his younger brother will become even greater, and his descendants will become a multitude of nations. So Jacob blessed the boys that day with his blessing. The people of Israel would use their, your names. When they give a blessing, they will say, May God make you as prosperous as Ephraim and Manasseh. In this way, Jacob put Ephraim ahead of Manasseh. Then Jacob said to Joseph, Look, I am about to die, but God will be with you and will take you back to Canaan, the land of your ancestors, and beyond what I have given your brothers. I am giving you an extra portion of the land that I took from the Amorites with my sword and bow. And bow. Here in chapter 48, before blessing his grandsons, Ephraim and Manasseh, Jacob recalled the blessings that God had bestowed upon him. We know that the sins and failures of parents are often passed on to succeeding generations, but blessings are passed on as well. Abraham had established the relationship with God that he modeled before Isaac which Isaac then passed on to Jacob and then to the succeeding generation. Let us establish the kind of relationship with God that will endure in the generations that follow. That way we will be able to bless our children with the blessings God has given us. <laughs> Chapter 49 Jacob's Last Words to His Sons then Jacob called together all his sons and said, Gather around me, and I will tell you what will happen to each of you in the days to come. Come and listen, you sons of Jacob. Listen to Israel, your father. Reuben, you were my firstborn, my strength, the child of my vigorous youth. You are first in rank and first in power, but you are as unruly as a flood. And you will be first no longer, for you went to bed with my wife. You defiled my marriage couch. Simeon and Levi are two of a kind. Their weapons are instruments of violence. May I never join in their meetings. May I never be a party to their plans. For in their anger they murdered men, and they crippled oxen just for sport. 
a curse on their anger, for it is fierce, a curse on their wrath, for it is cruel. I will scatter them among the descendants of Jacob. I will disperse them throughout Israel. Judah, your brothers will praise you. You will grasp your enemies by the neck. All your relatives will bow before you. Judah, my son, is a young lion that has finished eating its prey. Like a lion, he crouches and lies down. Like a lioness, who dares to rouse him? The scepter will not depart from Judah, nor the ruler's staff from his descendants, until the coming of the one to whom he belongs, the one whom all nations will honor. He ties his fall to a grapevine, the colt of his donkey to a choice vine. He washes his clothes in wine, his robes in the blood of grapes. His eyes are darker than wine, and his teeth are whiter than milk. Zebulun will settle by the seashore, and will be a harbor for ships. His borders will extend to Sidon. Isaacar is a sturdy donkey resting between two saddlebacks. When he sees how, go- how good the countryside is and how pleasant the land, he will bend his shoulder to the load and submit himself to hard labor. Dan will govern his people like any other tribe in Israel. Dan will be a snake beside the road, a poisonous viper along the path that bites the horse the horse's hooves, so its rider is thrown off. I trust in your in you for salvation, O Lord. Gad will be attacked by marauding bands, but he will attack them when they retreat. Aster will dine on rich foods and produce good food fit for kings. Naphtali is a doe set free that bears beautiful fawns. Joseph is the fowl of a wild donkey, the fowl of a wild donkey at a spring, one of the wild donkeys on the ridge. Archers attacked him savagely. They shot at him and harassed him, but his bow remained taut, and his arms were strengthened by the hands of the mighty one of Jacob. By the shepherd, the rock of Israel, may the God your father help you. May the Almighty bless you with the blessings of the heavens above and blessings of the watery depths below and blessings of the breasts and womb. May my fatherly blessings on you surpass the blessings of my ancestors, reaching to the heights of eternal hills. May these blessings rest on the head of Joseph, who was a prince among his brothers. Benjamin is a ravenous wolf devouring his enemies in the morning and dividing his plunder in the evening. These are the twelve tribes of Israel, and this is what their father said as he told his sons goodbye. He blessed each one with an appropriate message. Jacob's Death and Burial Then Jacob instructed them, Soon I will die and join my ancestors. Bury me with my father and grandfather in the cave in the field of Ephron the Hittite. This is the cave in the field of Machpelah, near Mamre in Canaan, that Abraham bought from Ephron the Hittite as a permanent burial site. There Abraham and his wife Sarah are buried. There Isaac and his wife Rebekah are buried. And there I buried Leah. It is the plot of land in the cave 
that my grandfather Abraham bought from the Hittites. When Jacob had finished his charge to his sons, he drew his feet into the bed, breathed his last, and joined his ancestors in death. Chapter uh, 49. Simeon and Levi were characterized by violent tempers, and the history of these brothers in Genesis corroborates Jacob's assessment. After their sister Dina was raped, they took revenge by deceiving and slaughtering all the men of the city, as we saw in chapter 34. This tendency needed to be cured. Many years later, however, when God called out for people to stand on his side, the Levites stood forth and vigorously defended God's cause. As a result, they were chosen as God's priests in Israel. Let us look to God to transform our weaknesses into strengths, just as he did with the descendants of Levi. The remarks of Jacob concerning each of his sons seem very harsh, but the information he shared, including a confession of his own failure as a father, should have given helpful direction of each of them. We have a lot to learn from our parents, but often they aren't willing to be honest with us. Or if they are, we aren't really bad. We are we aren't really ready to listen. We need to learn both to speak honestly and to listen with respect. Chapter 50. <clears throat> Joseph threw himself on his father and wept over him and kissed him. Then Joseph told the physicians who served him to embalm his father's body, so Jacob was embalmed. The embalming process took the usual 40 days, and the Egyptians mourned his death for 70 days. When the period of mourning was over, Joseph approached Pharaoh's advisors and said, Please do me this favor and speak to Pharaoh on my behalf. Tell him that my father made me swear an oath. He said to me, Listen, I am about to die. Take my body back to the land of Canaan and bury me in the tomb I prepared for myself. So please allow me to go and bury my father. After his burial, I will return without delay. Pharaoh agreed to Joseph's request. Go and bury your father as he made you promise, he said. So Joseph went up to bury his father. He was accompanied by all the Pharaoh's officials, all the senior members of Pharaoh's household, and all the senior officers of Egypt. Joseph also took his entire household and his brothers and their households, but they left their children and flocks and herds in the land of Goshen. A great number of chariots and charioteers accompanied Joseph. When they arrived at the threshing floor, of Atad near the Jordan River, they held a very great and solemn memorial service with a seven-day period of mourning for Joseph's father. The local residents, the Canaanites, watched them mourning at the threshing of <coughs> threshing floor of Atad. Then they renamed that place Abel Mizraim, for they said, "This is the place of deep mourning for these Egyptians." So Jacob's sons did as he had commanded them. They carried his body to the land of Canaan. They buried him in the cave in the 
field of Machpelah near Mamre. This is the cave that Abraham had bought as a permanent burial site from Ephron the Hittite. <coughs> Joseph reassures his brothers. After burying jo Jacob, Joseph returned to Egypt with his brothers and all who had accompanied him to his father's burial. But now that their father was dead, Joseph's brothers became fearful. Now Joseph will show his anger and pay us back for all the wrong we did to them, they said. So they sent this message to Joseph. Before your father died, he instructed us to stay with you. Please forgive your brothers for the great wrong they did to you, for their sin in treating you so cruelly. So we, the servants of the God of your father, beg you to forgive our sin. When Joseph received the message, he broke down and wept. Then his brothers came and threw themselves down before Joseph. Look, we are your slaves, they said. But Joseph replied, Don't be afraid of me. Am I, am I God that I can punish you? You intended to harm me, but God intended, intended it all for good. He brought me to this position so I could save the lives of many people. No, don't be afraid. I will continue to take care of you and your children. So he reassured them by speaking kindly to them. The death of Joseph. So Joseph and his brothers and their families continued to leave, live in Egypt. Joseph lived to the age of 110. He lived to see three generations of descendants of his son Ephraim, and he lived to see the birth of the children of Manasseh's son, Makir, whom he claimed as his own. Soon I will die, Joseph told his brothers, but God will surely come to help you and lead you out of this land of Egypt. He will bring you back to the land of solemnly promised to give to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. Then Joseph made the sons of Israel swear an oath, and he said, When God comes to help you and lead you back, you must take my bones with you. So Joseph died at the age of 110. The Egyptians embalmed him, and his body was placed in a coffin in Egypt. Here in chapter 50, when Jacob died, Joseph's brothers feared that he would take revenge for their past differences. They thought Joseph had spared them only for the sake of their father. Here they discovered that Joseph's forgiveness was complete with no ulterior motives. Joseph had already granted his brothers complete forgiveness. His brothers couldn't believe it and thus had not yet received it. They had, they had uh, needlessly lived in fear of coming punishment. God hands us forgiveness that is just as complete, but we need to believe it and then receive it. Only then can we experience the freedom he offers. In uh, verse 20, here, a clear message comes across. Man proposes, but God disposes. Joseph's brothers intended their actions towards Joseph for evil. But God turned those actions into good. It is wonderful that God can redeem our lives. 
transforming our mistakes and failures into the means for accomplishing this gracious purposes, his gracious purposes. And that does it for our reading for today. I just wanted to briefly summarize everything that we read today in chapters 48 through 50. So in these chapters, Jacob recounts God's promises to give him many offspring and give them the land of Canaan. He refers to God as God Almighty. God's name represents his character. They tell us who he is and what he does. We'll continue to collect more names of God throughout scripture. Joseph asks his father to bless his sons before he dies. During the process, Jacob formally adopts Joseph's children as his own. He'd been robbed of having Joseph around as a young boy, but he spent many years with Joseph's kids. He compares Joseph's two oldest kids to his own two oldest kids, Reuben and Simeon. This is actually a generous move, a way of establishing that these two boys will receive an inheritance from him along with Joseph's brothers. They will be heirs to the land and the promise. <laughs> Joseph brings the boys to Jacob and positions the oldest in front of Jacob's right hand, which is considered to be the hand of blessing and power, and the youngest in front of Jacob's left hand. But Jacob crosses his hands, putting his right hand on the head of the youngest, Jacob is going blind, so Joseph thinks maybe he can't see what he's doing, but it's intentional. He blesses both boys, but passes the ruling power to the youngest brother, Ephraim, continuing God's theme of doing the unexpected and passing the blessing to the undeserving Manasseh will become a people, but Ephraim will become a multitude. Jacob gathers his sons to give his final blessing. He retracts the remnants of Reuben, the oldest, who slept with his concubine. The birthright also passes over Simeon and Levi, his second and third sons. They're the ones who killed the men of Shechem in retaliation for raping their sister Dina. Instead, this blessing lands on the fourth son, Judah. And make no mistake, it wasn't because Judah was perfect. After all, he's the one who slept with his daughter-in-law, Tamar. But his sin didn't threaten the family unit like the actions of the other three did. Judah gets preeminence. He fathered Perez, who is listed in the lineage of Jesus. And by the way, Perez isn't the firstborn either. This law of... Primogeniture keeps getting overturned. All of this paints the picture of Christ, our older brother, laying down his rights and privileges to share his inheritance with us. Jacob gives Joseph a distinct blessing that sets his descendants apart. 
on that in the days to come. Then we encounter the phrase, the 12 tribes of Israel. Jacob is Israel, and these are his 12 sons. They'll all have many offspring, and each man's offspring belong to his tribe. After Jacob dies, Joseph's brothers begin to fear him, thinking he'd been faking it until their dad died, but that he'll retaliate now. They say Jacob wanted Joseph to forgive them. Maybe their story is true, but but Joseph has already forgiven them. His heart is free of bitterness, and he reminds them not of what they did or even of how he has forgiven them, but of who God is. God is the one who went before all of them and made a way, a very difficult way, no doubt, but a way nonetheless for them all to be alive and cared for. In Joseph's final days, he echoes the same desires of his father. He doesn't want to be buried in Egypt. He knows God's promise to give them the land of Canaan and and will be fulfilled. And he says, when that day comes, don't leave my my bones behind. He trusts in God's word. In Jacob's blessing to Judah, we see some Lion of Judah prophecies about Jesus. Micah chapter 5 verse 2 says, The coming ruler of Israel, who was from the tribe of Judah, will be born in Bethlehem. Jacob's blessing says he was... He has washed his garments in wine and his venture in blood of grapes. Wine is the appointed symbol of Christ's blood. And this verse also echoes Revelation 19.13 which says, He is clothed in a robe dipped in blood. Images and prophecies of Christ are abundant in the Old Testament. No one could have invented them all in such a way that they so perfectly line up with Christ's coming. Some say there are more than 400, but this picture today of Jacob blessing Judah, receive that for yourself, because through Judah, you have been blessed. You've received the promise of the coming Messiah, who reigns forever, and the scepter shall not depart from him. He's our King Jesus, and he's where the joy is. does it for a reading today. I just wanted to leave you all off once again with a daily devotional. Come to me when you are hurting, and I will soothe your pain. Come to me when you are joyful, and I will share your joy. Multiplying it many times over, I am all you need, just when you need it. Your deepest desires find fulfillment in me alone. This is the age of self-help. Bookstores abound with books about taking care of number one, making oneself the center of all things. The main goal of these methodologies is to become self-sufficient and confident. You, however, have been called to take a a road less traveled. Continual dependence on me True confidence comes from knowing you are complete in my presence. Everything you need has its compartment, has its counterpart in me.
Thank you all for listening today. And God bless each and every one of you.